0: and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message.
1: Praise God. This morning, church, um, we, as we mentioned previously, we are in the book of Joel. So I hope you may have read the book of Joel this week. How many of you read the book last week? You're very honest, only one person? Wow. That's incredible that we have at least one person read the book of Joel. How many of you heard me last week that you should read the book of Joel this week? Many of you heard that. So no excuse um, for next week. I will ask again. It's only three chapters. Okay, why we ask you to read is so that we will be in there together. Amen, hallelujah. We also have VMware, uncle, and Susan, Andy, they came here for their son Cyril's wedding. They're leaving back this evening, back to Dubai. Sonu, Sonu's dad and mom. Uh, we thank God for them and continue to pray for them. Uh, Dr. Stephen is back from uh, his mom's funeral from India. So, the book of Joel. Um, you know, as Pentecostals, uh, we, we love this book, isn't it? Why we love this? Because one of the earliest messages that we found uh, preached in the New Testament, the Peter, when he preached the first sermon, he was quoting directly from whom? From Joel, from Joel 2, 28 to 30, he quoted directly from Joel because when everybody just came together to the upper room and they were hearing these people talking in tongues, they couldn't understand. Some said they are drunk, you know, in new wine and some others say, you know, we really don't know what is happening. This phenomenon that is happening and then Peter stood up among the eleven and he began to say, guys, can I just tell you something? This happened. This prophecy was spoken to us some hundreds of years ago. And this is a fulfillment of the prophecy right here in your midst. The name Joel. Anyone knows what is the meaning of the word Joel? Yahweh is Lord. Yahweh is Lord. El is Elohim. Yahweh is Lord. It's so beautiful it so beautifully says that the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Petuel, Petuel. The meaning of pithuel is also very, very, uh, very significant. It means straightforward. The sincerity of the Lord, the straightforwardness of the Lord. So now combine it together that Yahweh who is Lord is sincerely, straightforwardly speaking to his people. Sincerely, straightforwardly, persuasively, the Lord is speaking to his people. That's the book of Joel. That's what Joel says. The word of the Lord that came to Joel. Like many other prophetic books in the Old Testament, Joel, the prophet, declares it out, you know, speaks it out, that whatever I'm speaking is coming directly from the Lord. It is coming straight from the Lord. It is, it is God's persuasion that makes me to speak. And his name and his father's name makes the message all the more, hallelujah, important for us, serious for us, to take a look into what is really Happening. Beautiful book. Three chapters only. You know, this past week, me, uh, Sister Regina, and uh, Jeremy Joes, we had the opportunity to go to a conference called uh, When Life Hands You Teenagers. This is a conference that uh, annually um, uh, in the city of Dallas, Grant Halliburton Foundation does it. And over the past years, uh, we ha- I've always gone, me and Sister Regina have always gone for this conference. It's a day-long conference. Um, the very first speaker who spoke, uh, because after the pandemic, this was the first time that they were meeting in person. So she came up and uh, she began to talk about, you know, that she said uh, the people who are sitting in the conference room are all clinicians, they're all uh, social workers, uh, counselors, uh, people who work with children um, and young adults and all. So she said, uh, God is, no, not God. She, of course, she, she was very careful not to use the word God. But she said that we have been called in this season to be the light to be the light as clinicians, as counselors, as people who work with people, because the world out there is a dark world. The pandemic has thrust us into more darkness. And she shared a story from her uncle who shared a story some years back, you know, of Carter Road, a long winding road where the message was always to the young people that you must come back before the sun sets because when the sun sets, the, door, the, 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 the road can become dark and there are thieves and robbers who may attack you. So get home, beat the sun and come home. And she made us all You know, uh, use glow sticks many times to, to reinforce that message again and again that God, you know, you have been called in this time to be the light in the darkness. And as I reflected on that, what she was sharing, and I started thinking about the book of Joel, the book of Joel is similarly indeed a message of hope in the midst of darkness. A message of hope in the midst of darkness. You know, the grand theme of this book, you all know, is the day of the Lord. That's the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord for Joel is not a day of vindication. It's not a day that God, you know, God is going to come forward and save his people. But the day of the Lord for Joel, just like Amos, just like Zephaniah, just like Malachi, the day of the Lord is a day of destruction and doom. And Joel does ask, who can endure the day of the Lord? Who can endure the day of the Lord? Very powerful, very powerful uh, statements that Joel brings. The only problem with this book is this, because Joel never mentions in which year or under which kingship he's writing. So it's very difficult for us to find a timeline and a date for the book of Joel, very difficult for us to find. So scholars, uh, biblical scholars have, you know, they range it from somewhere between 9th century BC to 4th century BC, almost 500 years. It can come from either 9th century because the only, the only thing that you find in the book is this, some of them said that there is no mention of king anywhere. There is no mention of king anywhere. So probably, probably it's in the post exilic time when there were no kings in Israel. But probably it is coming from that era. And the temple worship and the temple sacrifices, the temple offerings were, were, were utmost of utmost importance in this book. So therefore, you know, this could be coming from the post-exilic time. But, you know, we could find that it doesn't matter. Joel does give us a timeless message, a timeless message for all generations. And one of the key points that he shares is this, God is still a God who speaks to his people. In the you Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what part of history you are living. It doesn't matter which phase of history you are living. God has a message for His people. God has a message. For his people, and that's the message that Joel by his name itself, that Yahweh is Lord, that you and I begin to understand the divine sovereign hand that controls the affairs of human beings. I gave you the numbers a little bit early. Five million people. When we think about five million. Doesn't sound much, but we think about how Indians would calculate 50 lakh people. It's huge. the Laksha Malkar. In the last 19 months to be wiped away. 700,000 people dying. From a Virus that we cannot even see with our natural eyes. It has to be brought under a telescope to see. Yeah, many times we heard during this pandemic, many people would say that it is mother nature creating this havoc mother nature has been disturbed. Or you see the global warming that is taking place all over the world. You see tornadoes. You see hurricanes. You see wildfires. You see all these things that are happening. The utter chaos that you find in the world. And you and I begin to see that mother nature is completely mad at us. And we have totally, I mean, destroyed the equilibrium of mother nature. But when you read the book of Joel, you begin to understand that Joel sees whatever is happening, the locust plague that is happening behind it all, there is a God who controls everything. Today when I say this, when I speak this, people may say okay, so God did all these things? It may be difficult for us to understand, but that's what Joel warns his, his hearers, his readers, because the first chapter, what do you find? The first chapter talks about a, 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 a locust plague that has just happened. He talks about what? The cutting locust has left. The swarming locust has eaten. The swarming locust left. The hopping locust has eaten. While well, the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. So he's already talking about something that had already been done in the past. Historically, in the, in the history of Israel, we do not, cannot pinpoint any particular year when this happened. But the only thing that comes to your mind is that now what is happening is a reversal that is happening in the life of God's people. They can look back to their, to their history and they can go back and see, yes, plagues, pestilence, these were the, the things that God would do for the enemies of Israel. In the book of Exodus, that's what we read, isn't it? Ten plagues that came in the land of Egypt, completely destroying and God making a distinction between his people and the Egyptians. So when the people of Israel see, they say, yes, these are things that happen to other nations because God is protecting us. But here what you find, it's not happening to other nations. This is happening to God's people. It's happening to God's people. No wonder Peter would say, if the judgment would begin from the house of God, how terrible would that be? It's a sobering reality. It's a sobering truth that comes to us if only judgment would come and begin from from God's house. And here Joel is saying, a great locust has happened, but chapter 2 talks about another invasion that may take place. Another invasion that could take place in chapter 2. He's talking about, you know, it many see it as more of a figurative language that a locust uh, attack is, uh, is coming. Or it could be figuratively speaking about a northern army that is going to come against the people of God. And they're going to completely destroy this land. But prior to that, prior to that, God says something that you can do about something that you can do about that you can bring about a change to this situation and that's what the key is all that you find in chapter 2 verses 12 and 13 12 and 13 chapter 2 verse 12 and 13 it says like this yet even now declares the lord return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and with mourning and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. Joe's theology is a robust and a comprehensive theology by all means. He sees the hand of God in the totality of our human experience. The hand of God in the totality of our human experience. He talks about a God who is personal and who is willing to be part and parcel of the created universe that he has created. He is not a God who created everything and steps back to say, you do whatever you want to do. No, he is directly involved in the affairs of human beings. The times that Joel wrote this prophecy is just like a time of a secularization that has taken place in the Israelite community. And no less secularization has taken place in our community in which you and I are living in this 21st century. And can I tell you church, when we throw away God, when we put away God, and God has no relationship whatsoever, and then we begin to ask what is happening around us. If there can be only somebody who can change the situation, it is God who can change the situation. Because if you read chapter 1 and 2, you begin to see that it is God who sent this locust. It is God who brought this judgment on his people. So that what? they would indeed repent. They would indeed repent. And God is asking them, yet, even now. Yet, even now. What a powerful word. Yet, even now. What does it say to you and me? There is a glimmer of hope. There is a glimmer of hope with the Lord. It is never too late or never too dark for the Lord to work. Hallelujah. It is never too late and never too dark for the Lord to work and to speak. His words in any situation. Yet even now. Yet even now. God says I can change every situation. I can turn around every situation. That you are facing right now. I can bring about a total change. Church. The Word of God is reminding us something very powerful. before we go for any other solution, Would we take it to the Lord? Would we take it to the Lord? Would we seek His face, declares the Lord, Yet even now, return to me with, with all your heart, with all your heart. In other words, God is speaking to His people that He wants to have a heart-to-heart relationship with His people, heart-to-heart relationship. They are very, very good at rending their clothes. They're very good at rending their clothes. They can rend their clothes to show that we have repentance. We are coming back. You know, rending the clothes was very so so so, so usual in the, in the Israelite community. The earliest, the earliest person that you find rending his clothes was Jacob. When he heard about his death of his son Joseph, he tore his clothes apart. Tearing apart a cloth would mean there is anguish, there is pain, there is sorrow. There is humbling. There is repentance. There is a desire to come back. And the people of Israel community always did that. You Throughout the scriptures, if you find, there were many people who tore their robes, who, who, who rent their clothes, who rent their garments, showing their grief and sorrow and pain. Today, in the, in, today, if you ask the Jewish community, they have a symbolic gesture. They, whenever there is, a, there is a, a news of death, a bereavement, The Jewish rabbi would tell his people to tear the clothes. It's a symbolic gesture that they are in, in bereavement. They are in grief. And sometimes they take it a step more further. They take the clothes and keep next to their heart. And they tear their clothes right there near the heart. A symbolic gesture that they are saying. We are not just tearing this cloth alone. But we are tearing our heart before God. As a symbolic gesture of grief And sorrow and coming back. In other words, what God is saying is a death has happened. There has been a death in relationship with me. And I want you to come back to the relationship with me. I want you to come back to the relationship with me. So don't tear your external clothes, but tear your heart. Because I want to come back to a heart to heart relationship with you we may show that we have an outward form of godliness. As you read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul would say, some show an external form of godliness, but internally there is no change that is taking place. But God wants to change on the inside out. He wants to change the heart. And from heart he wants to start out. Come to me. You know the word fasting, weeping, mourning, these are all symbolic of death. These are all words that portray death. And God is saying, rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to me. Because when we repent, when we repent and we come back to God, God has specific blessings for his people. Specific blessings for his people. And you know, why do we come back to God? Because you get a clear-cut understanding of who God is. Who is this God? He is gracious. He is merciful. He is slow to anger. He is slow to anger. Look, we human beings, we are very quick to anger. This week itself, I had a couple of opportunities, a couple of occasions where I became very short-tempered. You look at me, you may think that I may not get angry at all, but I am, tell you honestly. I can get very angry pretty fast. And my anger this last Wednesday was that Johan had parked his car behind the van, and I could not take it in time to go for the conference. And uh, I was really upset with him. And then when I came back, I didn't think about it much, but I came back... You know, Anita Chan is, why is dad speaking? Why is so upset? Why is so mad? Why is he so angry? And I went to my son and I asked apology to him. I said, sorry Johan, I, I yelled at you. You know, I should not have been doing that. Uh, I did apology. But you know, that sometimes you are. We, we human beings are like that. We are quick to, to anger. We are very quick to anger. But look at God. The Bible says that he is slow to anger. Slow to anger. In other words, he has a long nose. He doesn't get, he just doesn't get irritated so fast. Just like you and me get irritated, frustrated so fast. He is slow to anger. It is only because of the slowness of his anger that you and I are alive, even now, on the face of this earth. And Joel is reminding them, think about about your God whom you serve. He is gracious. He is merciful. He is slow to anger. He is abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. He relents over disaster. You know, when God wants to bring his people back, he wants to bring revival to them and when they repent. And you read the scriptures. You know, I have so many scriptures to go through this morning church. He brings revival in the land. You can read the scripture. I'm giving you as a homework this day. You underline all those passages that God is bringing revival in the land. Revival in the land. You know, one scripture passage that I just wanted to throw there. Verse, chapter 1, verse 17. If you read chapter 1, verse 17. It says the seed shrivels under the clods. The seed shrivels under the clods. That means they have put the seeds, they sowed the seeds, but there is no rain. And because there is no rain, the seed which has potential, which has possibilities to grow, it is not able to grow. It is just dying there, lying there, dying there. It needed the rain of God, the abundant rain of God, to bring it to fruition. As I was reading that passage and meditating, you know, the Holy Spirit just reminded how many times you know we find we have dreams, we have you know we have visions, we have we have so much of potential, and we are just like, we are just like the seed under the clouds. It is not growing anymore because the rain of God is not coming upon it. The land needs revival. People's lives need revival. There is no joy and gladness in the hearts of people. Joy and gladness. Again and again you find the refrain in the book of Joel. There is no joy and gladness in the hearts of people. Because they are not able to worship God. They are not able to serve God in in the way that God wants them to serve. There is no joy and gladness. But the last thing that I just want to share is this. God revives their language. There is a revival in the language. You know what the people are saying? What the people are saying? There was a time when the people are saying that... Chapter 2 verse 17. 2 verse 17. I will say this and I will close here. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? There is a time that these people of God are saying, All over the world, people are looking at us and they are saying, All that is happening to you, it shows that God has abandoned you. God has scattered you. God is no longer with you. Where is your God? Where is your God? You see, many times in the psalm also, the psalmist raises his concern. People are asking, where is your God? In the midst of your pain, in the midst of your abandonment, in the midst of your your lament, where is God? Here also the language is, where is your God? But when God revives his people, as they repent and they come back, when he revives his people, you know what? That's where we begin to see Joel chapter 2 verse 28, 29 and 30. God says, I will give you a new language, a new language of the spirit. Praise God. And you know what you will say? Chapter 3 verse 10. Chapter 3 verse 10. Let the weak say, I am strong. God changes your language through His Holy Spirit. He gives you a new language. If Isaiah chapter 53 is a passage that you and I oftentimes read and we Think about the cross of Jesus Christ. Joel chapter 2 verse 28, 29 and 30. We can understand the work of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Isn't it? And God is saying, when I revive the land, when I revive the people, I am going to revive your language. Till yesterday you said, I cannot do it. But God says, from now on you can do it. Till yesterday you said, I am a, I am a, I am ridiculed by everybody. I am disgraced by everybody. But God says, I make you strong. Hereafter, let the weak say, I am strong. Church, for a moment, let's close our eyes. Let we think about the revival that God brings to the land. The revival that God brings to people. Opportunities that have been lost. Things that you could have done. The potential that you had. God is saying, I will revive. But you need to come to me. You need to come to me. You need to see my hand working in your life. You need to see me in everything. And as you begin to repent, and as you begin to seek my face, I will bring forth the revival that needs, the land needs. I will bring forth the revival that people need. I will bring forth the revival that your language needs. No more the language of defeat, but the language of victory. This morning church, do you want revival? Do you want revival? Let's come to God. Let's return to God because only He can do it. do Only you can bring about revival, Lord. We surrender ourselves. Come, Lord. Come, Jesus. Lord, we don't want to fake it. We don't want to fake it, Lord. We don't want to fake it, Lord. We begin to understand that you are gracious. We begin to understand you are merciful. We begin to understand that you are slow to anger. We begin to understand you are abounding in love, Lord. Knowing you, we just surrender ourselves, Lord. Not my life till yesterday Lord A new life from today onwards O God In matters that I may have broken your heart Lord That I may have grieved your Holy Spirit I want to come back Lord Jesus I want to come back To the heart of worship Lord It's all about you It's all about you Lord
0: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast If there is anything we can do To continue equipping you In your pursuit to be like Jesus Then please do not hesitate To reach out to us on our website At metrochurch.us Also, if you found today's message To be inspiring and informative Then please share it with your family and friends And leave a review on this podcast platform Or on our website Again, thank you for joining us We are so grateful for you Have a great week and God bless you and your family.